so while while we wait, um, I guess we can go ahead and really get started with because honestly, the first few questions that I had were for um, combat. I, do these do these guys need to introduce themselves? Yes. Yes. These guys need to introduce themselves. Yes. Okay. Well, there we go. So we're gonna start with uh, we're gonna start with Mr. Ad Lover. How y'all doing? My name is Ed Lover, and I'm an Aquarian. I like long walks in the park. Are you For- really an Aquarian? Yeah, I'm an Aquarian. Oh. Um, Forty ounces of beer. Um, my father, grandfather, and I started podcasting because of this great man sitting to my left, Mr. Combat Jack. Cheer. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. My name is Reggie Osei, a.k.a. Combat Jack, the Combat Jack Show, Mogul, the Loudspeakers Network. And I'm just really honored, man, because, you know, I grew up a, a, an avid fan of radio, particularly New York radio. And one of the cats that really, really, really inspired me is Mr. Ed Lover. So the fact that we're sitting on the same panel and the fact that I inspired him to do something is incredibly uh, humbling, uh, and I appreciate that. And the fact that I'm sitting here with my brother, Premium Peter, if y'all know our history, give us a round of applause. Yay, yay. You know, I'm just very proud of this man, and I'm very honored to be sitting next to him, and let's have a great fucking panel. Mm, mm. Hey, that, was, dog, that, that may have been the nicest thing you ever said to me. Yeah, it, it was. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I go by the name of Premium Pete, just a, a, a Brooklyn Knight kid who, um, who really just has been able to turn some of his passions into reality. I do a little bit of everything, you know. I mean, uh, I walked into a room about eight years ago, um, got on the mic, and never left podcasting um, with this guy right here. But we've been able to make some magic. And besides podcasting, you know, I also have a food uh, uh, business that I have with Bum B. Um, you know, I'm all about just family and just keeping people from coming home from prison and staying home. That's what, that's what, what I care about. And Miss Angela Rye is here. Yeah. My sister is Sophitcharachidness. Hi. Hi. Sorry I'm late. I'm on CP time because that's... Because Atlanta is all good. I would blame it on Atlanta, but I'm going to tell y'all I was late to get makeup. I was just late. I apologize because all your time is valuable and you paid money to be here, so I apologize. But it's definitely CP time. <laughs> Well, we were just introducing ourselves, so, and it is your turn. For the white people in the room, CP time means colored people's time. <laughs> I'm sorry, we just educating each other, we're good. I don't have a question, so I'm going to be quiet, because I don't know what I'm talking no, about. No, we were just introducing ourselves. Oh, literally. That's all. Well, now you know, I'm Angela Rye. Um, for those of you who I don't know or who don't know me, um, I do political commentary on CNN and NPR, I run a political advocacy firm in D.C. called Impact Strategies. Um, Very proud to be black. Love my parents. Um, Love my six godchildren, five godsons and one goddaughter. And um, I'll save the rest of the, um, what's your favorites for later on. Probably not on this panel because that's not what you're here for. Uh, so, Reggie, we had a, a really good conversation here last year with the guys from uh, Juan Epstein. Um, and it was basically towards the fact that when you started doing this, we, and by we I mean hip-hop folks, black folks, whatever, we didn't podcast. So tell us a little bit about what brought you to the space, how you ended up here, and what kind of created the voice of the Combat Jack show. Um, I fucked up. <laughs> That's how I got here. Really? No, I fucked up because um, you know I had, a, I had a long, for most of y'all that, that, that know my history, I was a practicing attorney in the music industry for 14 years. I worked with Jigga and Diddy and DMX and a whole list of cats. And by 2004, I got burned out. And, um, 
you know, I had a choice. I could either stay in the music industry, just like a lot of people stay in their careers that they hate or their jobs that they hate, and look towards living a miserable life, or I could just cut everything off and start over. So in 2004, I just took a risk. It was very irresponsible. It was very stupid. But to me, it was a matter of self-survival. I walked away from the music industry with nothing. Um, I remember waking up January 1st, 2004, and just like saying to myself, what am I going to do? Um, but you know, as the, as the cliche says, when you close one door, another door opens. I was very fortunate because I had um, such a, a, a great reputation in the music industry. I landed a book deal about three months after I closed my practice. And that opened me up. You know, working in the music industry back then, it was very brick and mortar. It wasn't the streaming world. It wasn't digital. We sold CDs. So I remember when I was in the music industry, cats would come to me with their MP3s and digital music. I was like, oh, get the fuck out of here. We don't sell that. You know what I'm saying? This is hardcore CDs. But I was very humbled now living in a world where I wasn't selling anything um, physical, and I had to reorient myself to the digital world. So I did a lot of research for my book, Bling, The History of Hip-Hop Jewelry, online. And then I started discovering this community of bloggers um, that were just very amazing, just had a very unique and very sharp uh, perspective on the world. One of my peers at the time was Bomani Jones, um, Dallas Penn, um, the infamous Brian Crawford. And we just started writing, and I just also started discovering online music because I had given up on like you know uh, regular terrestrial commercial music. And I discovered cats like Lil Brother and MF Doom and, 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 and music that really reinvigor- reinvigorated in me a sense of hope and happiness and joy and energy in our culture. So I started blogging. I came up with the name Combat Jack, made a splash. You know, af- you know after like a, a couple of years, most of the publications started fucking with me. Complex, Double XL, The Source. Um, and I wrote my ass off for like about three years. And then I got a call... Um, uh, eight years ago from this man in the back, A. King. A. King was a program manager of PNC Radio. Um, He was like, yo, there's a slot to do an online radio show. I was like, I know nothing about radio. (laughs) Nothing about radio other than the people that I respected, like like Ed Lover, you know, starring Buck Wild, um, uh, Frankie Crocker. I was like, I I don't need to be in that space. So for for about a year, I was just like floating around, like I said, fucking up, not knowing what to do. After a full year, I was like, you know what? I haven't done anything with this spot. Let me just take a chance. Um, we started the Combat Jack show. It was just me and my friends, or really me and Dallas Penn, and then Premium Pete came around, and then like Ben Hameen. It was just a, a circle of us talking nonsense. But at the time, I don't think there was a space where people of, of our culture could sit down and talk nonsense. But one of the things that I realized was that you know, all the turmoil that was going on in my life, this was therapy for me. It was, a, it was one of the few places where I could be as honest as I could be, um, as funny as I could be, as irreverent as I could be. It wasn't on-air radio. It, we had no uh, senses. We had no restrictions. And, you know, we, I think it was like three or four episodes in, and I was like, we probably had like seven listeners. I was like, oh, <laughs> we're killing it. We are killing it. <laughs> right? And then I got a very important DM um, from one of my peers who at the time you know, I thought was a legend, and is a legend in journalism, Elliot Wilson. And Elliot Wilson, you know, who I, you know, I, I hold in such high regard, DM'd me and said, I don't know what y'all are doing, but don't stop. And, you know, that's all you need. You know what I'm saying? You don't need a check. You don't need, like, the accolades. You just need somebody that you respect to tell you to keep going. So um, 
we morphed from like being this 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 show where we just talked about whatever like uh uh, uh current issues in the whole nine and i remember our first guest we we eventually got our first guest i think it was like eight episodes in and it was the late great sean price sean price was our first <laughs> guest and that changed everything. It changed everything because it was like, I remember Sean came in. It was him, Clark Kent, and Matthew Ragazzino. And I was so nervous because I had never really interviewed anybody. And it was just like, yo, it was like so frightening. But once again, it's like, I made the decision to be here. I can't turn back. Let's move forward. So killed it with Sean Price. And then we started getting other guests like Primo, mm. like MOP, mm-hmm. like 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 EPMD, mm. and then the biggest thing happened was when we um, had uh, Just Blaze on the show as a guest, and then a couple of weeks later, Just Blaze hit me and said, "Yo, I want to join the show," and I was like, "What?" So you asked me like like why I did this, and and how I didn't foresee anything. It was just a matter of being in the corner and knowing that um, even though I didn't have anything in front of me, I had to find a way to keep moving. So I say this to you: like if you're ever in a spot where You've given up on everything. You still have to keep moving because who knew that eight years later that I would reinvigorate the podcast industry? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a matter of having faith in myself and moving forward. Did I answer your question? Yes, I think so. That that was more than a question. That was great. Actually, before we even get to the next question, I just want to touch on that just so people understand what he was exactly saying. And also pay attention to where you are in life because I remember in that studio... They were doing some renovation, and they were like, hey, listen, uh, you know, we'll probably be back in about a month. You're just going to need to take a break. And consistency is the biggest thing in podcasting. Like, don't let nobody tell you different. Obviously, creating great content is, but consistency is big. And, and I give credit, I mean, I give credit to King for having a vision to put together, but I give credit to this man for not giving up and not saying, like, okay, we'll take a break. We'll be back in a month. Let's go, you know, meet me at my house every Saturday for some burgers and, and hot dogs. He literally found a spot the next week after, and that became our new home. And that literally was the first time I ever heard my voice crystal clear. We were in the studio of Ryan Seacrest, of Rush Limbaugh. You know, I don't even know how the hell we got in there. There was times we had fabulous downstairs in Rockefeller Center waiting. So the, the dude that, Chris Morrow, was waiting for his bosses to leave so we could bring Fab up. You know, like, picture that, having Fab outside, saying, like, no, we can't go up yet, uh, you know, the bosses are still up there. So the point I'm making is, like, he never lost a foresight, never lost a focus, and it literally, you know, Juan Epstein, I always give credit for creating the space to a hip-hop podcast, but, you know, the Combat Jack show took it to the next level. The first time you ever heard people like Chuck D tell stories, LL Cool J, Ice-T, you know, D-Nice, speak about moments, you know, just, just to hear the backstories. So, you know, I say that to say this, too. You know, the, when it's the first time for everything, it's special. It's beautiful. Now it's pretty saturated. So if you call, like, D-Nice, he's like, oh, I did 12 podcasts already. You know, but that doesn't mean you stop. That means you try to create something different. Because that's the, and that's what I talk about when you talk about Crime Town or Air Hustle or Mogul. And that's what you think about. Things like that open the doors. Never look at it like, you know, there's so many people I feel like they look at other people or they're doing this. And I, I meet people that are like, um, you know, I got a podcast, but it doesn't have many listens. Well, you already sold me out the door. I'm not going to, you know, like believe in what you're doing. But also in this day and age, yeah, it's saturated. Anything gets saturated, you know. I mean, anything you do gets saturated. But if you create good content, and I, and I think, like I said, mogul opened the door. That's why I look at I never look at competition like that. I look at it like, yo, this dude help open the door because what he did was 
Gimlet, and Spotify. Picture the people. Hey, man, Pete, like you're jumping no, no, all no, 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 but, my questions. No, no, this is just honesty, Wait, though. We gotta, yeah, no we problem. gotta do this in order. We gotta do this in order because we're definitely no. Because I just those were gems. You could take them with you. But we definitely want to get to that, and I want to make sure that we give it the the proper attention that no we problem, get to no those problem. things. Definitely. So, um, for for Angela and Ed, especially for Ed, like you're Ed Lover, like you are. I mean. Come like on, people, son. I knew you in Haiti when I didn't speak English. Um, so, like, <laughs> so for you, what drew you into this space? I mean, you've been on television, you've been on radio, you're syndicated. So, what drew you, or what made beyond you know being inspired by this? But what what was it about podcasting that seemed like a better platform or um, a different platform for you? Honestly, Jack. Like, all praises due to him and A King. It, w- it was them. Um, I was at Power 105 in New York. For a long time, from the time they switched from an uh, old school station to try to combat Hot 97, I'd been there for like eight years. And then one day I was calling to the office and told I was being let go. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I got to do something else. And Sirius XM called. And when I was at Sirius XM, I had the freedom to say anything that I wanted to say. And I, you know, we created Fuck Out of Here Fridays and people just calling to say Fuck Out of Here or whatever they wanted to say. And then Radio One called. I was making a certain amount of money at uh, Sirius, and Radio 1 called and threw a bunch of money at me, and I told Sirius, match the money, or I'm getting the fuck out of here. They thought I was bullshitting, and I wasn't, and I left. So when I came back here, it became like, okay, I got a great show, and it's me and Moni, but I'm still constricted. And even at SiriusXM, it was sometime I have to meet with the program director in charge of backspin to tell me, oh, you're talking too long, or you got to watch this, and you got to watch that. And then I did, Jack came to Atlanta, and I was here, and he was like, Ed, I want to do, you know, I want you to do my show. And I was like, okay. And I came in, and he was like, I'm doing it live. And I was like, what do you mean? And I walked into, uh, where were we at, Jack? The loft. It was at the loft. That, yeah, and it was like a lot of people there. And he was like, hello, internets. And everybody was like, hello. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, and then we did it. But the feedback that I got from the general audience was like, yo, I heard you on Combat Jack. That was the dopest thing. And you told us stories about Tyson and your backstory. And so I called Jack and we stayed in touch. And he was like, Ed, you need to do this because your stories of your 30 years in hip hop are golden. You can talk Tupac. You could talk Biggie. You could talk Puff when he had the Cabriolet. You could talk stuff that nobody <laughs> else. Raps. You could talk yes. Nori. You could talk your own TV raps. You could talk Nori before Drink Champs. Who's you the know, man? Standing there watching him and Prodigy have a fist fight. That kind of stuff you could talk about. You have experiences that nobody else could talk about. And I was very reluctant to do it. And then I have a great executive producer, Krista Hayes, who's here. And she prodded the shit out of me and was like, Ed, you need to do it. And just like everybody else, when we first did our first, it's been a year now. So I'm kind of like the baby. I don't know how long you've been doing it, Angela, but I long less than you. Okay. So I'm glad you're the the baby baby. of podcasting. So (laughs) it's been a year and it's just the feedback. And like Jack said, it's therapy. I'm also a stand up comic. And sometimes I get an hour and I can be on stage and let my feelings out. But when you're podcasting and I can say whatever I want to say and I can I can cry if I want to cry and I can laugh if I want to laugh. I can I recently lost a station in Tampa, Florida, because I said Trump sucks. Well, and they just dropped clap me. For this they, man. I, I'm clap for him you, for that though. They dropped me. And I was like, okay, well, whatever. And I'm just gonna keep saying, but when I have my podcast, I can save it for the podcast and I don't have to talk to a program director. I don't have to talk to anybody because it's my shit and it's my voice and it's truly 
I would say besides Come On Son, the first time I've ever organically been who the fuck I want to be. Mm. And, and that's you why know I do what? It. You can really help Tina Campbell. You can do an email intro to <laughs> Tina Campbell and the Tampa radio station yeah, because right? she likes Trump. Yeah, she prayed and that's <laughs> but, what she's But you know, that's do. the beauty of America. That's the that beauty of America. That's our choice. And that's exactly, you know, what you do, Angela, and what we all fight for is the freedom of choice. Whether you're a Trump supporter, that's your right. And if you're not, that should also be your right. Hey, yo, Internets, support for today's episode of the Combat Jack Show comes from Sonos. Everything sounds better on Playbase. Movies, sports, TV shows, gaming. Playbase adds dynamic, pulse-pounding sound to whatever's playing on your TV. Truth is, most TVs end up on stands and furniture. Exactly what Playbase was created for. Its low-profile design practically disappears beneath your TV, yet it fills your entire viewing room with epic home theater audio. Start with a Playbase and add a sub and a pair of Play Ones for a full surround sound system. You can even send TV or music sounds around your entire home. Just add Sonos smart speakers in other rooms, and they'll wirelessly sync to your home theater. And now, for the first time ever, Internet's, Sonos is offering listeners of the Combat Jack Show 10% off one order of $2,500 or less for any product on Sonos.com. This offer is available for a limited time only and cannot be combined with any other discounts or promotions. Just use the promo code JACK10, that's jack one zero at Sonos.com to receive this exclusive offer. And now back to the show. So, Angela, yeah, for you... <laughs> For yeah. you already being like, I don't want to say a troublemaker because I love you. Like, and I want my niece to like, I want her to be old enough for me to show her you. She's six now. And I want her to know that she could be like you. And like, as long as you know what you're doing, you can say what you want to say. Um, was there a pushback from you being on a much more restrictive platform when you started to do this or you, when you talked to them about doing this podcast or oh, did I you have to? Them. No, I didn't ask them. There they don't go. have any, um, in my contract, there's no control over what I do digitally. Um, thanks, Was Ed. that something? Uh, thanks, that Because I ain't asked Radio One shit either. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, was that well, something? Well, was, whatever puts us on one accord, I will take that. Yeah. Was um, that something that you did by design, like not like having the freedom to do what you wanted digitally? Actually, no. It's not something that um, that I thought about. I don't think that uh, my manager thought about it initially in the first round of negotiations, and then when we started talking um, about doing this podcast, I was like, "We're well, so good. This contract is silent on on that." Um, I wanted to take a moment and kind of just level with y'all. The name of this session is Podcasting is Big Business. And because I'm the baby, I'm not there yet. Um, and I, I wanted to, to your point, um, talk, you call me a troublemaker. Congressman John Lewis says there's a such thing as good trouble. So hopefully the things that I've learned so far will be helpful um, to you all as you consider this journey, whether to promote your friends whom you think may have a, a potential platform or you're doing it yourselves. Um, I think that podcasting is super oversaturated. Oh, my God. I do agree that if you have a voice and you have a gift and you have a way that you present content, there's space for you. I believe in the biblical principle of your gifts making room for you. I really do. Whatever your faith is, I hope that that's something you can embrace. The one thing that I will tell you right now, so it's funny because you spoke to me by accident. 
But I was literally earlier today um, talking to my manager. I was like, okay, how many how many episodes are in this contract I'm supposed to do? And it was 10. And I'm like, well, today's about to be 14. So, (laughs) you know, feeling like I need a break because I'm so new to it. And I again, I told you I want to be honest with you. Hopefully this is family talk, even if it's broadcasted, because I believe in keeping it real everywhere. I don't particularly listen to podcasts. It's something that I'm trying to get more into. Shout out to A-King and to Combat Jack because doing that podcast really made me feel that freedom that Ed talked about, right? Like, wow, this is so good. And it did feel like healing to me after Trump won. Um, Shout out to Russia Um, (laughs) and to Tina. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I think that I needed that type of healing. Um, And I'm still navigating, figuring out what my voice is in the podcast space. I know who I am. I know how to keep it real. But I don't want y'all to ever be bored listening to it. And so I just want to take a moment to thank all of you who are either watching on live stream or you're in this room and you've taken a moment to just shoot me a note to say something really worked or something didn't. um, Because it's new. And Mm. I'm figuring it out as I go. And so um, the big business part to me is the potential. And I think whatever you all set your hands to do, whatever you put your minds to do, it can always be big business for us because we're going to give it our best. And so while I haven't reached that pinnacle yet, I'm definitely um, committed to the process of figuring it out. But I don't want to make it seem like, oh, I got all these gems for y'all. Nah, like all I can tell y'all right now is what I've tried and what's worked and what I have and what hasn't worked. And I'm happy to have a very open conversation with y'all here or as we move to the live podcast, hopefully you'll check out Little Rail. Um, it's my first time having a comedian on for the live podcast after this today, but I'm looking forward to that too. So, I just want to add on to something that um, besides Angela, I think I'm the youngest in the podcast game, and it's been a year for us, and I haven't made a dime. Not mm-hmm. one single solitary dime. Where's Chris so, Morrow? Don't think yeah, you're going to jump Chris? in here feet first and all of a sudden you're going to become some super famous, super millionaire. I mean, Jack asked y'all who, what podcast y'all listen to, and nobody said mine, but it's not going to stop me from doing it. Mm-hmm. It's because you got to have a love for this thing. No matter what you do in your life, you got to have a love for it. Mm-hmm. And if you're jumping into it for monetary reasons, then please don't further crowd the podcast arena further than please. it is. Jump in for your creative self and your creative heart and something that you really feel like you want to say because if I thought I had to depend on podcasting to pay my mortgage then I'd have been dead and thrown out a long time ago but I mm. love it and I'm going to continue to do it. Hey wait, wait so, one second I want to go ahead. Um, I just want y'all to know that uh, it took me five years that was the question. in the podcast game before I received my first dime and it wasn't that much money so it was out of love Hey, hey! you know what? Adding to that, and uh, hopefully Ty don't cut me off this time because podcast is a big business, and I'm going to hit you with this. What he just said is so true. We were down in festivals in Atlanta, people taking pictures with us, signing autographs, and making no money. And I, you know, So not that money is everything because if you're up here, especially look at me, say like for a six, success to me isn't only what's in my wallet. You know, I've been able to travel and, 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 and do things from, for my family and really – Turn my passions into reality. But I want to explain to you this when you talk about podcasts as a big business. Okay, Ty? You good? Okay. Y'all. Now hold up. Y'all should know that Pete and I have this relationship. It's always oh, a I love her. I love her. But I want to explain this. When, first of all, Ed, I listen to your podcast. That's first of all. Okay? I do too. That's first of all. Second of all, Angela, you think about it. You know, you're, you're, you're in a space all on your own. You have... You know, a lot of knowledge and talent and, and, and things that nobody's really doing in that podcast world. So 
have that same conversation in six months will be bigger than, than, than all of us on here. But the point I'm making, so I remember when, when uh, Chris Morrow, and, uh, who is a co-CEO, a, a co-founder of a Loudspeakers with Reggie, I remember when he uh, brought in, we were the flagship show. And uh, he was like, we're going to bring in this podcast. Uh, you know, I was like, podcast? Who, who, who are you bringing in? He brought in uh, these two people that you may know, uh, Kid Fury and Crystals. And I was like, who the fuck are these people? They're okay, coming in on our time. You know, we're the flagship show. We've got to wait for them. You know, look at what happened. You know what yeah. I mean? So, and then you look at, you, you, you look at like, you know, like you talk about like uh, Ed getting a, a show from, um, you know, combat. And you look at uh, um, Charlemagne put on who? T.K. Kirkland. Kid Fury put on Taxstone. Charlemagne reached out to you. Is, did, is, is, is that yeah, who? Yeah. 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 So you, you understand what I'm saying? Like, it's like, it, it, it's amazing where it goes. And I want to explain too, having all those years with combat, starting my own show, being able to, to, and this is the craziest thing. I love sneakers. I love food. Okay? What? I said Pete's the plug on the kick. No, well, don't tell them that. But what I'm saying is, no, no, I want to explain. phone number is. I want to explain, I want to explain to you what I mean. I need a kid. Just like Mogul, I went into a partnership with WeWork to do a five-city live tour, right? In each, in Philadelphia, Atlanta, Houston, LA, and Toronto. The Atlanta show and, is tonight. And, and, and right after this. And, 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 and the point I'm making is my sponsors is a pickle company and a sneaker cleaning company. So my, what I have passion in was able to fuel me to go on tour. And that pickle company is a kid who turned a family recipe after a failed job at Nike into a $25 million wow. company. So what I'm saying is anything is possible. Y'all let me ask you a question? Yeah. Love. <laughs> um, so for you, when once you walked away from the Combat Jack show, what what brought you back into podcasting? Because like we all 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 five of us up here do this. We know we don't make money from this directly. It might put us in certain situations, certain positions. You, you know, A3C brought you guys down here. I worked with you guys to put the, the Combat Jack show together here. But it's not a direct check. So what you what brought you back into the space? You know, Podcasts mainly are once a week, and it's crazy how hard it is to do it once a week. Yes. yes. <laughs> For all those years, when brothers like A. King and, and Jonathan Mena and Just Blaze and Ben Hameen and Matt Raz and all these other weirdos, um, man, it was a brotherhood. And once I stopped doing that with combat, you know, I didn't want to stop. I, I, I've, like he says... And I'm saying I found my voice. And some people, I remember some people saying, like, oh, Premium P always talks about jail, or Premium P just says cheer. And after a year and a half on my own show, go check that catalog out. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm willing to sit here and say, like, if anybody thought different, I was able to have amazing, pure conversations with people and help other people in the same time. I mean, and get some gems off of that. You know, I just had an episode with Chris Morrow called The Future of Podcast. I did that shit just, just to be able to give people an insight. You know, and, and, and that's, I didn't want to stop. I didn't want to stop doing it. I wanted to continue. And, and to be honest with you, we also have, you know, whatever differences me and Combat had, you know, um, I, I appreciate the platform he gave me. We made magic together, and now we're making magic together. 
Can I go back a second to the money part of this? Um, yeah. Just because, I again, I just believe in keeping it all the way 100. Um, I have received a check. We have advertisers for our podcast. And so I just don't want it to look like I'm saying one thing up here or not saying anything. Um, the check is not that much. My first check was for $800. Mm. <laughs> hey, that's good. That's amazing, girl. Wait. Come back here. Well, so I just, I just believe, I, I believe in in, in being yeah, fully transparent to the extent that I can. If there's something you want to ask me about or call me out on, that's fine. But that's I, that's my truth, and so I don't want to misrepresent my truth up here for you all. I was sad because I thought I was gonna be like balling, like you know, 10k a month or something on this. Like that's what I, I'm just being honest. I told you I'm still learning. I'm a rookie. Um, but I thought that's what was going to happen. Um, we get advertisers who approach us based on what they think, um, uh, th- based on what they think is aligned authentically with our brands, um, and that's what's happened. I've had advertisers who've said she's not selling our product good enough. What? Yeah. What product was this? Um, I'm not going to say because okay. I hope they come back. Right. <laughs> I told you I was going to keep it honest. Throw it my way. I'll so say this shit 82 times. So let's, you will. Let's, <laughs> so, but, but if I, Fuck if, what it is. I can't. Can I finish yeah, this one? Okay. Um, I think that that's the one thing about podcasting that I do find deeply refreshing. Even though I was hurt, I was like, I want to work on selling the product better. But it was kind of real because I hadn't really been using it like I was supposed to use it to make sure I could sell it. But that's one thing I appreciate, too. Like, you guys know when you tune in, you can hear when it's time for the advertisement. And the read, I think they do an amazing job, right, mm-hmm. at selling the products that they're, that they're responsible for selling for advertisers. But I just wanted to make sure I told you all that part. There is potential money in it. I, mo- money is a motivating factor for me for my work, like my day job. Um, I want to be paid fairly, you know, whether it's commentating on air or it's being, you know, retained by a client. I want to be paid on par with my my counterparts. And I think this is different. They pay you based on your listeners or what they anticipate your listeners being. And so there is a monetary um, part of that. I don't think that those of us in the room who are partially motivated by money and making sure that we have an opportunity to earn revenue because we don't have but 24 hours in a day. I don't want to shame you all for that because I think that's an important part of it as well. I just want to say also, um, particularly about the read, um, because they came out the gate and they had the numbers, yeah. um, and we always gave, we always speak to our shows like, don't if we have a check for you from an advertiser that you don't really want to support, you don't have to. Yeah. So like back when they started and they weren't really making that much money, they got a check, an offer for sixty thousand dollars from a beer company, mm-hmm. and the read was like, we don't drink beer, yeah, no. and they mean- turned that check away, and we all needed it. But we supported them a thousand percent. So I just want to say that as, as I would well. have took a bath in that shit. I like to so say, uh, I love beer. So so let's let's Can talk about let's talk about. Let's add a beer right now. Anybody got a beer? Love let's beer. talk about the the loudspeakers <laughs> network. Um, because again, when you came into this game, not only was like the, the the idea of a urban network of podcasters wasn't even there wasn't even enough of y'all to, to do that now you have we're this not, network we're not an urban network of podcasters we what just do you, what dope do you fucking podcasters okay you know i can't stand when people put hip-hop on shit that ain't got nothing to do with hip-hop. okay but it's everything you. that we say is not hip-hop every every show that i do is not a hip-hop guest or rapper or former rapper so i just it's think, definitely not but i don't think that you should shy away from that what i'm saying i'm not shying it is, away from it. what i'm saying is people when we, who are of the culture we put out that shit on us and then they put us in the box and they won't let us get out of the box 
All of these people right here are intelligent people that know how to podcast. I don't want to disrespect anybody that's white in the room, just as good as anybody white that's podcasting. But once you put that urban on top of us, then that stagnates our money. It stagnates our growth. It stagnates everything because people want to say, oh, that's all they know how to do. I was going to follow up the fact that there's a show about comics. There's a there's a, pol- a political show. There's a show that touches on pretty much everything. Combat has had people up there talking about any and every subject that you can imagine. So I didn't mean it in a negative way. And I think that I personally think that we should embrace the fact that we come from hip hop and we're able to do all these other things. Well, hip hop like, is we my act kids like through college. Right. So, let's, so, you but know, it's not, not a label. That that we we got to get a round of applause for that. It's not a label. We got to get a round of applause for that. But actually, Ty, too, you know what you should, what people need to realize, too, is like, you look at, uh, uh, what's this guy, Rogan? What's his name? Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. This guy gets uh, two, three million uh, downloads an episode. So yeah. the point I'm trying to make is in our space, nobody has really even touched what, so it need, there's a lot of work that needs to be done, you know? Yeah, we're making noise in our space, you know? But like what you're saying, talking about like hip hop or talking about the, all the cultures we love. But there's a lot of people who are doing a lot of noise over there that we need to step into that field. That's right. So the question was... I think that was Ed's point, that that there are certain labels that do put us in boxes. Like, my show is not a hip-hop show. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, if I say, you said earlier, like, we're Sophista Ratchet Sisters, that's right, but that's the way that I present information. I'm still breaking down what happens with Trump and Russia. I'm still breaking down what's happening on Capitol Hill. And I don't get the same love and respect as the people that do, like... um, Pod saves America. Right. I don't mm-hmm. get that. I don't get that same respect. You know, right. and even on even on air, like um, on television, on CNN, I can present the same facts, but because I talk with the West Coast, whatever, then I sound hood, or she's a hood rat, or she's ghetto. She's urban, or mm-hmm. urban, and and by the way, and, and grew up in Seattle, in kind of the suburbs, but you know, whatever, you know, like it, I'm I'm happy to be black, but I do think we should be careful. To make sure that the the labels that we embrace don't box us in, and I don't know what the fine balance is, but I think we should be careful. Mm. So, podcast. So, combat. How do you describe the network? Um, clearly, I didn't have it right. You know, it, I, I got <laughs> to give a lot of uh, credit to Chris Morrow because Burr. you know he had been producing the Combat Jack show for about a year, and was like, you know what, let's start a podcast network. And I was like, what's a podcast? And he's like, yo, we've been doing a podcast <laughs> for like a year. <laughs> Um, and you know the Combat Jack show, like you know, I'm 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 in my early 50s, so like I come from a generation where you know me and Pete and Dallas Penn, it was more you know masculine, was more you know uh, type misogynist, type homophobic because we played the, the pause game, pause the pause game, and you know Chris Morrow was like you know let's look for a show that provides a different voice, you know what I'm saying because we don't want to get typecast as you know being all of the things that. You know, people think that we are. And we came across the read, and I was like, this is brilliant. This is an alternate voice, and there's a space for it. And then once the read took off, and we had Sneaker Fiends, we yeah, had yep. Fan Bros, which and, is, uh, you know, instead of fanboys, you know, I got tired of, like, just the, the, the white boys being able to be nerds. I was like, let's start mm-hmm. Fan Bros. But when we started the read, it was like, oh, shit. And we were looking at NPR as, like, you know, public radio as, like, the gold standard. And we were like, it wasn't. Um, to clear everything. And I, I have nothing against the term urban, but it wasn't being urban. It was really being the anti-NPR voice. Because when you hear NPR, everybody's so calm and everybody's so measured. And it was like, fuck that. Like, you know what I'm saying? We have different voices from our community, yeah. from, from our families, you know what I'm saying, from our culture that we wanted to promote. Mm. 
So at this point, because I specifically asked people questions that they wanted to ask you guys, and one of the questions was um, for the loudspeaker network at this point. Now it's been, what, five years? Five years. So what, what, um, where are the opportunities for somebody that wanted to join that network? Mm-hmm. And do you think it's possible for somebody else to create a competing network? Not necessarily competing as in trying to take you out, but something that can embrace the ideals that you guys had and, you know, maybe shape it differently? You know, we didn't, we, didn't, we didn't really set out to do this by design, and we're really surprised that we are where we are right now. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. Almost, um, you know, even when we did our deal, uh, when we did our co-venture with Gimlet, it was about them trying to replicate and coming into our space. You know, CBS trying to replicate the loudspeakers. All of these major corporations really trying to come into the black market. Mm-hmm. Like, because I remember sitting down with a lot of these companies and they were like, wait a minute, black people listen to podcasts? Like they were blown away. And we were like, well, we speak to our, our community. So I don't have, you know, I don't, I'm not worried about, you know, because the space is still very young as much. I want to say this. The space is saturated, right? But it's, it all comes down to what you bring to the table. You know what I'm saying? There's so many voices that are still not being represented in the, in the podcast space, everybody jumps up and says, "I want to do an interview show." That space is 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 saturated. But then Nori comes out and he does, "I want to do a drunk interview show." You know what I'm saying? And that creates a niche for him. Don't let us say that it's saturated because at the end of the day, it just to me where we are right now in in in, in podcasting reminds me of hip hop in the '80s. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Where mm-hmm. everybody was dope, right? Right? Yeah. Ed? Yeah. Everybody was dope, and we didn't hey. even think. I mean, I'm talking, I'm, talking, I'm talking about the legends, right? Yeah, 80%. We had no idea what the fuck would open up in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. So this is very early on in the podcast space. So when people come to me and they're like, yo, should I start a podcast? Start it. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck if it's a failure or not. At least you did it. Don't just give make up, sh- Just make sure that your voice is unique and listen to the, yeah. to the lands- landscape and understand that you come with your different... Mm-hmm. Stories, your different honesties, your different truths. Bring it, bring it. I embrace everybody coming in the game, and I think the future of podcasting is really more long form narrative. You mm. know, we had like Chris and I for years wanted to do a story like Mogul, but we didn't have the resources to do it. Uh, Gimlet came along. We did long form, and that's what we need to start doing. If you have the resources, if you have, even if you don't have the resources, if you have a team that can write, that can do the research, and you have a story that you want to tell, tell it because our stories still have not been told. You know, yeah. but keep in mind, I want to, and this is, impo- this is important. Let me ask well, you a question real quick, right. and it'll probably tie into what you're, what you're saying. Um, with it being saturated and with you being known for a particular show, I'm going to fight you. Go ahead, they're good. No, let me tell you something. Um, First off, no, with you being, okay, yeah. with you yeah, being, yes, from, with you, with people knowing you from a show, yeah. um, with people knowing you from the network, which you're not technically affiliated with. I'm a, you're, you're affiliated, but you're not, you're In not part of the network. In mafia, have two things. It's called friend of mine, friend of ours. You understand? Look, look up the difference, you know? So in, when we talk about saturation, we talk about finding our voices, what was the most challenging for you to be able to say this is not the Combat Jack Show Jr., this is Premium Pete Show, and this is a completely different thing? I never tried to be like Combat. Uh, we, we all, you know, he always says, you know, we turn on those mics. We're not no radio guys. You know, we, we, didn't, we didn't think our voices were, you know, we just sat in a room, kicked the shit, Next thing you know, we had Just Blaze as a co-host. This guy's coming up with a helicopter outside. We don't know what the fuck is going on, you know? It took us many years to get checks. But regardless, what I want to say is this, and, and not to cut off any of your question. I want to give you something to go home with. And what I want to say is this. 
I've done advertising with LSN. I've done advertising myself. I've seen the scope. Advertisers haven't even came in fully yet to the podcast world. Yes, it's saturated, but they're late. Just like social. I want to explain to you. Me and Bumby, like I said, I have the food consultants called You Gotta Eat This. Okay? I've worked with Dairy Queen. I worked with uh, uh, Sweet Baby Ray's, Sriracha, Oreo. Okay? People like Sweet Baby Ray's uh, came to me. They had 2,000 followers. They were late to the social game. They didn't believe in the social. They're like, oh, we'll get on it. We'll make, we'll make a... So the point I'm trying to make is advertisers are going to be late to the podcast game. It's going to happen. It's already happening because they fully don't believe in it. You know, I've, I've sat down with big companies for, for LSN to, to try and bring on different type of companies. They're like, oh, we do the radio. What's the difference? We'd rather just do the radio. They're not understanding, but the thing is with podcasters, and, and, and this is the most important thing, I remember when Bevel came on, and, and you know, keep in mind, people like Andrew or just people like Combo, myself, or even Ed, we're putting out free content. You believe in the host. You listen to the host, right? So the host, the, when the host gets a, 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 a you know, advertisement, peop, they, they're going to deliver that only the, the way they can. So Combat would say, like, with Bevel, I remember they said, listen, Internet, let me tell you why you should fuck with Bevel. No radio station could ever do that, you know, and speak so much truth. So what I'm saying is advertisers want to spend their money, and they're late, so don't give up and think it's saturated because there's a lot of money still left there. You know, circling back to what the topic of, um, I was thinking about it because none of us on this panel have become rich through podcasting. But when I when I think about the co- the concept of, of podcasting is big business, I look at Tristan Walker and Bevel. So um, Tristan came to the Combat Jack show five years ago. Tristan spent a lot of money on terrestrial radio and really didn't see any of his returns. Mm-hmm. He was listening to the Combat Jack show and he was like, you know what? Let me take a chance. And he was one of, he was one of our first advertisers yeah. to give us a check. And he said, like, that, that the power of just the way we were convicted in pushing that brand really helped push his brand. So in a weird ecosystem type of, ecosystem type of way, it is big business. We are creating this community and this system that eventually gets to feed with each other and build with each other. And I think that's really the bigger picture. It's not really about coming in and, like, popping and making all this money. It's the community that we build. And in that, you know, when we talk about recycling and creating black businesses and, 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 and building black brands. I think that's the reality and that's the hope and that's the future of, of podcasting. Mm, mm. And so I think the takeaway for that, for me anybody, anyway, as somebody who does this is to find something that you believe in, find a brand that you believe in and convince them to entrust you with convincing the people that rock with you to, to fuck with that brand. Um, but that's not always something that you can do on your own. So um, let's talk about teams. Because um, you guys have have talked about A King and you've mentioned Krista, um, you guys are the faces of your podcast. Mm-hmm. But like when you decided to do this, other than Combat, who just kind of threw it together, well, not necessarily threw it together, but you know, it was a, it was a, a fresh thing. What did that team building process look like for you? Um, so I think Reggie just talked about it, like believing in the show, believing in the podcast. So um, Charlemagne definitely pushed me to do this podcast. He was on my ass like what are you doing where's your podcast where's your podcast where's your podcast and I'm the type of person where I don't want to do anything until it's like perfected and I just had to go um and there are also other folks um Joy Young who did know I was going to shout her out Wave Joy um Joy hey Joy she helps me to book guests 
Um, she's a part of uh, my management team at Wonderland and is just dope and amazing and like stays on people like Charlemagne stays on me. And then Eugene on my team, who's all the way decked out with sunglasses on. Gene, you want to wave? Gene does my social <laughs> social media, but he also calls himself Groovy Gene um, and has done playlists on title and that kind of thing. So we're going to find something for Gene to do regularly on the show, but has great ideas all the time. I think part of it is surrounding yourself with people who think differently than you and can push you on what types of things you're going to do substance-wise, on content, on guests. And we constantly have like a think tank going on via email and text message and Slack. If y'all don't know about Slack, look into that. They should be advertising with us because of that, Reggie. Um, But at the end of the day, it's really about surrounding yourself with other voices that can challenge you and push you. I I just got to say that um, Charlemagne doesn't get enough credit. You know, Charlemagne, you know, Chris Morrow produces the syndicated arm of the the Breakfast Club. So Charlemagne was like, what the fuck are you guys doing over there early? Mm -hmm. And he was one of the guys that, you know, look at Charlemagne, like Charlemagne and the Breakfast Club. Look at what they're doing in terrestrial. But Charlemagne had the foresight to be like, yo, I want to do that before it was hot. And Charlemagne jumped in. And not only did he jump in, he was like, oh, no, I really co-signed Tax Stone with the Reed. No, we really got to get Angela on. Like this guy, like when we talk about support and community, I think, you know, he has to get a lot of credit for like helping us build this podcast space because he believes in it um, and, 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 and he's part of it. And, and the people around them. Think about it. The entire Breakfast Club has a podcast. So they were way ahead of the game. Angela has one. Envy has one. Charlemagne has one. But more importantly, what I will say with a team is, and I'll say this from being around combat and people like A. King and Jonathan Men and a bunch of other people that I've seen come and go, interns I've seen come and go, you need to believe. I believed in the Combat Jack show more than I believed in me. So what I mean by that is I wanted to see it win. Yeah. You have to be able to have people on the team. I'll give you this example. We went on The Breakfast Club. If you watch that, I said hardly nothing. Now, you don't know me ever to not say nothing, but I didn't say nothing because he was killing it, and he was on it that day. And I wasn't just going to say something to say, like, hey, I'm Pete, I'm here. The bigger picture was the Combat Jack show. So the point I'm trying to make is get people on your team that not only move and shake, that can make things happen, that can put things together, but also that believe in you as much as you believe in yourself. I I surround myself with intelligent black women. Mm. Yes. Smart man. Woo! That's what I do. My manager is an intelligent black woman. She's in the back, Kimana Paulus. Krista is only 30 years old, and she keeps my old ass hip to what's really going on out here. And I just try to surround myself with intelligent black women because no disrespect to dudes. When y'all come in the door, y'all trying to fucking be me. And you telling me what your nickname is, and you want to hang out, and you want to be here, and you want to, you know, you want to network your own shit and not work. And I'm paying you, so I surround myself with intelligent black women because they put the work in. They be on the ground, they be hustling, they push this shit. When I slack off, they be like, "I need a podcast head. I need a podcast. Go on your phone and do a podcast. I don't care." And then I, I'll do one on my phone and I give it to Krista, and she knows how to take it in the studio and bump it up at 4 a.m. in the morning before we even start the Ed Lover Show, which is she, she's the executive producer of that too. And my manager stays on my ass even when I hate her for it. It's like we got to do this because Jack said and A King wants it and it's consistency and you got to be consistent and you got to do this so i learned a lesson from my good friend russell simmons all these years ago 
Surround yourself with people that are smarter than you, and I surround myself with people that are smarter mm. than me. And while we're on the subject of dope, I just want to shout out a very dope MC, Miss Lyric Jones, is in here right now. And standing next to her is Bug Brown. Mm-hmm. And 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 Ty, don't 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 ever be afraid to find young people. Yeah. Okay. Because don't ever be that old dude that never wants to help put on young people. Because let me tell you something. And don't I, be that young person that don't want to listen. That's true. That's true. That's true. Because I tell you a story. We went to um, one music fest, and I took Crystal on stage with me, and she almost died when she was standing on the side of the stage watching Busta Rhymes tear that fucking place into shreds. It's the first time she ever seen Busta live like that. So it's got to be a balance. Sure. You know, I teach them, and they teach me a lot of shit. So. Angela, you touched on the fact that you were supposed to do 10 shows and you're on 14. Mm-hmm. Um, going into this, was there an end goal for you? Like, how do you, or even I think the better question, like, how do you keep your show fresh? You do this every week. I don't know that I, that I keep it fresh um, that much. And actually, the folks who are regular listeners are mad at me right now because they feel like, okay, you didn't have, um, well, the Cory Booker thing was a break, but we, a live podcast. And I, by the way, live co- podcasting is everything. Like being able to feed off the audience energy is so amazing. I wish I could do that every week, but I don't have time. Um, folks were mad about the panels. Like they liked the first panel with, um, there was a town hall with Gabrielle Union and Lisa Ling. Um, and then I did another one and they were like, okay, regular format. What, like, where's the, this moment in blackness? Where is the political highlight? Where's the political low life? You not saying anything. So after today with Little Rail, we'll go back to doing some of that. Um, but I want, again, I'm exploring this with y'all. I don't really know yet. I want to know if we should be trying different formats, if it has to be the same every week. Um, so I'm figuring it out. Like, it's, it's something that um, I guess the, the short answer is keeping it fresh is because I'm still trying stuff on for size. Um, but I don't know. I want to just say one thing about what Ed said. Um, the other thing that I would encourage you all to do, you all seem like you might be a little more established and mature and don't do this, but in case you have little cousins and little sisters and little brothers, it's not very great to have someone send you an email or walk up to you and be like, I want to be you. Um, I, I so appreciate the support, but I really want y'all and our family, our younger family members and folks in our community to be them. And I want to help propel them to be them. So whether it's in this podcast space or somewhere else, like, I want to help you be you. But the best thing for you to do is to be on your grind. I worked my ass off before I started a podcast. I worked for six years on Capitol Hill. I'm in the fourth year of having my own business. I didn't just jump on and become like... I'm a star, you know, and that also wasn't like the desire. People like, oh, I want to be on TV. What did you do? I didn't want to be on TV. Like it kind of just happened and everybody's journey is different. You're not bad if you want to be on TV or if you know you want to have a podcast. But I'm just encouraging you all to think through some of the things you say and really figure out how people can tactically mentor you and strategically help you move along. I just keep it real for 100 because Angela keeps it 100. So can I keep it 100? It ain't for everybody. It's, it's almost like like the early days of hip hop. What Jack was talking about, you know, there was a lot of whack ass MCs. You know, we don't like, you know, us old ass heads. We mean, it was nobody whack when we was bullshit. We had whack motherfuckers too. It's a plenty of them. It's a plethora of whack motherfuckers. All right. So you got to kind of find where you fit in. And I think that's one thing that Pete and, and Jack and Angela want you guys to know. You kind of find your voice where you fit in. You can't look at drink champs and say, well, I'm going to smoke weed and do this shit. <laughs> You know, it's the same shit. You got to find your way and your voice, and then you got to try to do it 
and do it and do it. But sometimes people fool themselves because they keep doing shit that ain't good for them, but they blocking their blessing mm. when it could be something else that you're better at. We all know that 42-year-old MC that's been putting out mixtapes yeah. since he was 17, and you keep telling him he's whack, and he, you trying to fuck my dream up. No, you whack. <laughs> like, you got to understand when it's not for you, because a lot of times you watch people block their blessings when you could be amazing at something else. Instead, you're just trying to because you think that's what you're supposed to be doing. So you got to kind of find your voice and really kind of let your audience really tell you the truth. That's the cool thing about the Internet. They will tell you the damn truth. They sure will. Right? So you got to kind of let your audience tell you really whether or not you're supposed to be doing this. For real. It's not for everybody. It really ain't. I just wanted to address you, Angela. Like, we've been doing the Combat Jack show for seven years. And we've had, like, our peaks and our valleys. And, you know, last year was really scary. Like, even though I was working on Mogul, everybody jumped into space. And, I, you know, I kept hearing, like, yo, we don't need the combat jack anymore. Y'all fell off this and that. Get him out and, of here. You know, get him out of here. And I, I say this to say we are always trying to figure out mm. what our format is. And the beauty of podcasts is at any given day, like tomorrow, like next week I could go in and be like, this is the new format. And y'all got to accept it, or if it works, if it works, it doesn't work. But you have to give yourself the freedom and the confidence to be like, at any, on any, it's your show. Mm. If you wake up in a certain mood one day and just want to do something different on the podcast, it's your freedom to do it. Mm. Thank you. And it's going to be great. We have, since we have just a couple of minutes left, I just want to ask you guys if there's something that if you were starting again tomorrow, mm. is there something that you've learned in your less than six months, Angela, in the show So Dope? In your you. eight years combat, and we're not worthy. Um, if, if there's something that you know now that you wish you would have known on day one, what would that thing be that you would impart to the rest of us? That's a good one. Um, I think the, the one thing that I was the most resistant to um, that came from my manager, Mikhail, definitely came from Joy. Um, I think Jean mentioned it too. Um, I did not want, and I still have some resistance to it, to book out shows super far in advance. I have this thing about like fresh content. I've put out podcasts late because I want my content to be so fresh. Um, and I, I just, I don't know what it is. There's something in me that's like, if I book out somebody for, you know, four weeks in advance or something, by the time I get to it, it may not be feeling right in my spirit or whatever. But I think from, um, and Pete, you touched on this, it does take a lot of work. I write out scripts. Like, I'm not just off the top of the dome. I'm not, my memory's not that good, so I write out <laughs> scripts. You know what I mean? Like, this is what I'm going to say. This is, I have to fact check my stuff because I'm giving you all information. You're relying on me to be right. It's not just an opinion all the time. So I think the one thing that I wish I would be more flexible with is booking out shows so that, I do have time to be flexible with the script and the show format and that kind of thing. Um, but I'm still, as I sit here, resistant to that. Love mm. y'all, though. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, I would say I would never, never have uh, underestimated the value of my voice. Um, I would also say don't only make it your only vehicle. If you have a day job, don't be ashamed of your day job. Use your day job to fuel your dream job. And, you know, let me tell you something. The podcast space is special, man. I made some amazing friends. I've done some amazing things. Um, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of the things that we've done together. I'm proud of the things that I'm doing. I mean, look, you know, 
I'm, I mean, look, I don't even want to say it like this, but I'm an Italian from Brooklyn who loves hip-hop, who loves sneakers. Forget about it. No, no, no. I want to explain this. I don't. And I'm going to drop this right here. Anyway, I don't even want to go there, but I'm just, I, I had to drop it just to explain what I'm saying. But more importantly, I would say use this as a vehicle. Podcast is not the end of the road. Use this as a vehicle to do other things. Maybe you want to host shows. Maybe you want to you know, uh, um, do voiceovers. Use this as a resume and build it up and, and, and love what you're doing. Yo, let me tell you something, man. When, when Combat said this was therapy, it was therapy for all of us. Mm-hmm. We literally, you know, uh, going there each week, it was my chance to, to talk and, 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 and let people know what I was going through. And, and then we had to have therapists on the show, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. We did have Absolutely. therapy on the show. That's because, you know. That's a dope idea. But anyway, anyway, I just would say believe in yourself, man. Just believe in yourself, you know, um, and, 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 you know, don't, don't look at the big wigs in the room and, and think that you can't be that, you know? Just be great, believe in yourself, and, and, and go find advertisers that you believe in. You don't, you don't necessarily, you know, you can find somebody locally that you can mess with, you know, and, and, and build this. Everybody got to start somewhere. It yeah. should, Instagram looks beautiful. Listen, I have a 17-year-old daughter. She takes 40 selfies a day. She puts the one out that's good. She's not showing you that where her hair is bad and makeup's bad. So the point I'm trying to make is it's, it's not as sweet as it looks. It's tough. But if you get in the mud, do the work, you can enjoy some of the results, man. Um, if I had to do everything over from the beginning, I would have jumped, jumped to do it a lot sooner. You know, I, you know, I would have, the first time uh, Combat said do it, I wouldn't have waited a couple of months and didn't call them back. I would have did it a lot sooner. That's about it. Come on, son. Come on, son. You know, um... When I started this, I didn't know what I was doing. And, you know, you hear all these people. And I want to say this to everybody on the panel and everybody in the audience and, and, and anybody listening to this elsewhere. Like, this thing still, there's no blueprint to this. Yeah. So when I started this, I really didn't know what I was doing. And even at this point, I really sincerely say I don't know what I'm doing. Right? But I trust my instinct and I trust my passion and I keep moving forward. So I wouldn't have done anything different because I wouldn't have done anything different because there's no way I could have done anything different because this thing is still brand new and I don't know what the fuck I'm doing and that's the magic of it. Hmm. Mm, mm. Well, I think you guys, I think each of you inspires us in a different way, no, has no, inspired no, us no, in no. a different way at different points in time. And um, if I can do my own little shameless plug, my show is called Cool People I Know. It's at Cool People I Know on Instagram. I haven't been on and the show. And we struggling. Yet. I need you on my show. Yeah, me either. Then you don't know all the cool people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> if y'all could just do me a favor and follow that for me, I would be really, really, really grateful. You haven't been on my show because every time I see you around Atlanta, I'm too scared to talk to you. That's the reason why. Oh, come why. on. But I asked, so uh, I asked Silver Knight about it. So We don't ask Silver Knight about me. Sorry, no, who does? But anyway, go ahead and drop your socials real quick because A3C is trying to kick us out of the room. At Mr. Ed Lover, at Ed Lover on Instagram at Ed Lover Show. Come on, son. The podcast. Come on, son. All of that. Shout out to Bossip too. We doing some big shit together. I love Bossip. Cheer. At Combat Jack. Oh, come on, son. Is coming back too. For, yes. For the yes. many people that loved it. Okay. Fuck out of here. Um, probably in the next two weeks, and it will be exclusively on Bossip.com. On Twitter, it's at Combat Jack at the Combat Jack Show. On um, Instagram, it's Reggie Osei. Um, the Combat Jack Show and Mogul. Listen to Mogul. It, we, we, we're Mogul pushing, is dope as hell. We're pushing the envelope, and and I and I want more people to listen to it because I want more people to to shatter their ceilings of what the limitations of this uh, platform could be. Mm. I don't need that. Um, <laughs> Premium Pete on Twitter and Instagram. Check out the Premium Pete Show. Um, also, you got to eat this. Me and Bum B just showing you 
how we got good metabolism when we just eat a lot. Um, Very dope. Also, um, after I got the live tour, and that's going down tonight, 7 to 11 at the WeWork Colony Square. Free drinks, food, Ooh, pickle shit. display, free drinks. sneaker shit, giveaways, <laughs> special guests, music, all that. Come through. Free drinks. And food. And food. And pickles. Mm. Pickles. That's not fair because I don't have free food, but I am doing a live podcast. Well, mine is longer. Get it right down. So do, go to hers and go we'll and then go afterwards. Have a conflict with mine. Well, mine's seven to eleven. So that's, yeah, that's too long. Virgos so go, to my, go to his after mine. Mine's only an hour at seven thirty. That's my shout out. Um, <laughs> my uh, Twitter handle is Angela underscore Rye. Instagram is Angela Rye. My show is called On One with Angela Rye because I'm what on always one. on one. And I'd like to close. I, I close every combat yes, jack show with this, it. and I really mean it. Uh, dream those dreams, and then man up, woman up, and live those dreams. Because a life without dreams is black and white, and the universe flows in technicolor and surrounds sound. I want everybody in this room to win. Thank you. Hey, yo, internets! Thanks again to Sonos for supporting this week's episode of the Combat Jack Show. Movies, sports, TV shows, gaming. Play bass adds dynamic, pulse-pounding sound to whatever's playing on your TV and streams your favorite music when it's off. Yet its low-profile design practically disappears beneath your TV. And now, for the first time ever, Sonos is offering listeners of the Combat Jack Show 10% off one order of $2,500 or less for any product on Sonos.com. This offer is available for a limited time only and cannot be combined with any other discounts or promotions. Just use the promo code JACK10. That's jack one zero at Sonos.com to receive this exclusive offer. Thank you, Internet. This episode of the Combat Jack Show is produced by Jonathan Mena, executive produced by A. King, and this is an official Loudspeakers Network production. I'm really mad y'all made me do that. I'm so mad right now. Please don't post that anywhere. I'm so mad at y'all. Bop, bop, bop.